Alrighty, Creed fam, what it do? It's David here, as per usual. Uh, Creed cast coming at you. Thanks for listening, as always. Appreciate you all out there. Um, yeah, we'll, episode coming up will be. Uh, we'll touch on the result last weekend. I'm uh, just getting to um, reviewing that. Uh, so keep it brief, I guess. Uh, I think pretty much the usual tropes of a port loss. Frustrating. Good signs, bad signs, everything in between. Um, of a port loss in the in the last few years kind of era when it comes to playing a good team. Um, yeah, so we'll get into that and then we'll preview uh, a big match at Adelaide Oval this weekend, uh, 4.05 p.m. Albert and Standard Time on Saturday, playing the top ladder-leading uh, Geelong Cats uh, at Adelaide Oval. So it's a big one. Um, obviously, the, the room for mistakes uh, as far as drop games go is basically nil now. Um, the mathematical chance is, you know, that, that kind of mathematical line will come very quickly if we drop any more games and uh, and you know any chance is probably going to require us to run the table from this point. So, yeah, every match is a final, um, which would kind of be, it's kind of been that way for since 0-5. But, you know, once that actual line in the sand kind of really starts creeping up, then it starts getting a little bit more desperate when you, especially when you drop games like you did last weekend against Melbourne. So, yeah. Um, so we'll get into that. Um, just finished recording this um, um, half an hour after I finished watching the... Uh, Travis spoke uh, our documentary that was uh, on Fox Footy, KO, whatever um, media device you consumed it on. It was on there, and, um, and it was really well done. A great insight into you know. I think all port, a lot of Port fans that you know keep up to the keep up with the club pretty well kind of know the bloke that Travis spoke is and what he does. Um, you know, in his business interests, uh, what he does to keep himself, um, just the, the the lengths he goes to to um, keep himself both both mind mind and body in in such great shape for continuing this incredible level of footy he's playing at his age um and the his business interest what he does for charities and childhood cancer and kind of his family life and all that stuff we've we're all kind of grown up with that story with travis spoke as we've grown with him in his journey as a port adelaide player but it's really good it's just it's it's still is great to kind of the way they put it together was just a great way of reminding you of how the, the impact and the importance of all that. So it was re- it's really well worth a watch. I think it's going to be on uh, the Port Adelaide website from tomorrow. I think I saw Port say on Twitter or something like that. So it'll hopefully be there, pretty easy to access. I know there's one of our um, wonderful uh, overseas fans, um, shout out Ryan, uh, who was asking about it. Which um, so hopefully there won't be any geo blocking stuff or anything like that. But we'll, we'll see. I might check in and see how that's going for those overseas that are looking to watch and see if there's a way we can um, round about that if, if need be. So we'll keep in touch on that. Um, but um, yeah, a really, really good watch and really um, kind of got me in a good mood to, you know, a positive Port Adelaide fan mood to get into recording tonight despite um, some rough subjects. Uh, not that, you know, it's just a loss. Um, swings and roundabouts, it's footy. Um, so yeah, we'll get into that. Um, yeah, um, we'll take a quick break and yeah, start talking some demons. Actually, before that, I will say we <laughs> kind of faked you out there. Um, we, uh, yeah, as we continue to get closer to the AFLW season, really excited. We booked um, flights to Perth for the first game of the season. So a historic game, the first Saint game of the season, but our first game in uh, competition at the AFLW level for our Port Adelaide ladies, obviously in Perth. I ran over the fixtures in an episode a couple of weeks back, so you can go back and listen to that one if you want. Uh, but they're all on the website and Port Adelaide's website and whatever as well. Uh, so we're really excited to book that. Um, but anyone that uh, listens you know, regularly and has heard me talk about or seen on the Twitters, um, he mentioned the better half having done a little bit of a knee knee injury at soccer training a few weeks back. 
Um, had it remained troublesome, we had a referral from the doctor to get an MRI, and the doctor had kind of said, look, if it's still you know bothering you a week later, book in for the MRI, get it done, and we'll see if there's anything. It, it, the thought was that it was either a bad sprain or maybe there's a slight tear to a, a medial or something like that. Weren't too, weren't too overly worried, although the, the, the fact that it had lingered for a couple of weeks by the time we got to the MRI was a little bit of a, what's going on here? Um, so two hours after we booked the flight, um, she gets a call from the doctor to say the scans come back. You've done, you've uh, torn your ACL. So the big one, um, which was, well, you know, the reason we got the MRI was to check there was nothing like that. We, I guess it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the expected result, I guess. So, um, that's thrown those plans, I guess, into, we just don't, we're going, we've got a pre-op appointment appointment down at Sports Med, um, which people in South Australia know Sports Med well, that's often where, any um, video footage of a player coming out from their scans or, or their, you know, doc appointments is probably, is often at Sportsmed. Um, so that's where she's going to get um, sorted. So we'll have the pre-op appointment there on Monday and see what, you know, kind of book in surgery, which it's, there's so many moving pieces because we're in, we're within a month of settlement on selling the house. So that's, uh, that's, um, uh, puts that into well, no settlement. It's all happening, but it just means that um, the work we got to plan the surgery around that as to where you know because we're going to stay with the parent, the parentals um, for a couple of months um, before the move to the US starts happening. So where the recovery is going to start and when you do that, like do we you know book it in right after the settlement so that then just the recovery at um, the comforts of um, the parentals homestead um, or. You know, all those kind of things. And then because that, that settlement's a week before that game, we're flying out for Perth. Uh, and do we do we delay the surgery so she can at least get to that game? Or what what do we do? So, I'm, yeah, all up in the air. But, um, yeah, it's, it, I was really excited to book those tickets. And now we're kind of just trying to work out the logistics of where surgery on a knee reconstruction and what's going to fit into both selling a house, moving out of the house, getting to a first game. And then, obviously, the plans in a few months for starting to move to overseas so bloody hell it keeps coming in 2022 i tell you um not to yeah it's, it's you know their first world problems in a way um it's not like i'm seriously bitching it's oh can we get to a football game really not a big thing in the grand scheme of things and i'm kind of like you know pretty good spirit it's it's just life these things happen uh, but it is funny that we kind of got on there once i fucking worked out how to sign into the travel bank it was a, there was the um money that I had in the Virgin Australia travel bank from tickets not used in September last year, unfortunately, as, as that see that, that ended for Port Adelaide last year. Um, but, you know, you know, the bright side is I was able to use, pay for two thirds of the flights to Perth for this one with that travel bank. So it's in a few hundred dollars out of the pocket. Um, so mostly paid for by flights that I paid for last year. So, you know, when you do that mental gymnastics thing where you're like, it's kind of almost free because you, you forgot about paying for it a year ago. <laughs> so um, so it, it, it's going to be fun. Whatever works out, we're just going to work out the logistics of the knee surgery and all that. So, but yeah, as we continue counting down to the AFLW stuff, really excited. And by the way, I think the AFLW team has an open training at 9.45 a.m. on Saturday morning. So if you want to make a day of it, we're thinking about doing it again. Uh, obviously, the knee thing's throwing some spanners in the works as to what we're doing this weekend with the game and all that because um, she's been advised to stay on crutches and and do all that stuff so um you know she can walk gingerly on it it's just um yeah anyway so we're not sure what our movements are this weekend but our plan was 9 45 a.m open training get some lunch in between and then head to Adelaide Oval so I'd recommend anyone that has the ability to do that go give the girls some support at open training in the morning on Saturday morning looking like it could be a nice morning 
and um, then just trek your way into the city. Um, for those of the um, both legal drinking age and mindset of me, good little bar crawl could be possible from open training, start at the precinct, end up at the Adelaide Oval. <laughs> um, so, yeah, lots of lots of stuff happening this weekend. It could be a good Saturday out for everyone. So, yeah, um, now that I've rattled on for far too long, as I am want to do, and if you still listen to this podcast regularly, then you're just used to it at this point. So thank you for indulging me. But, um, yeah, we'll have to take a quick break here now. Pour myself a little a little stouty off to the side here, and um, I'll get um, get into just talking some Demons bri- um, review briefly, and then we'll get into the Geelong game coming up this weekend. Alrighty, so the Demons up at TIO Traeger Park, I believe is the name of the field up there currently uh, up at Alice Springs. Always a wonderful occasion just um, getting up in there. And it was, you know, it's funny. Um, it was fucking shit-ass weather in um, the Brossa Valley on Sunday. Just absolute, you know, wind bucketing around and rain and stuff. And then you kind of flick on the TV. I didn't get to catch too much of it live because I was working, but um, I caught it and I watched the replay late last night to get a feel for it anyway um and you turn on tv it was just it was just you know obviously we know australia's a big country i get that's why it's sunny in one place and not in another it was just because it just looked like a completely different world you know the nice um kind of rugged outback and vistas in the background of it, which was just a beautiful scenery anyway um i i just love that and um but it's <laughs> just clear blue skies and I, i'm kind of listening to um leaves just like buffet against the roof over the top and winds and rain just smacking against the window and I'm just like it's it's another planet right now because I don't believe this this game is taking place in the same same at, at like just hemp, like just world you know um so yeah it was it was beautiful weather from the looks I'm sure I don't know what the heat kind of was up there um in the middle of winter it can still get hot by comparison to most AFL locales, so um, it looked like, but it looked like good conditions for footy. Um, well, you know, optimal conditions. You can't go complaining about wind, rain, and all that stuff when it's you know just sunny and and you know you've you've got the conditions to be able to play some footy and, and play your game. You know, you utilize your skills, and unfortunately, it just it didn't feel like. Well, here's the thing, and I don't know what it is. I don't know how to exactly compartmentalize it. Um, you know, dilute it to a to a single idea, but the the vibes with Port Adelaide when we're playing a good team, like a team we know is good, and a team that we know is well, it, you know, this year is is better. Um, overall, they're obviously the reigning premiers, and they've they've held their spot at the top of the table as far as regular season goes, whereas we've we've gone tumbling down this year. So, you know, ob, you know, just just straight facts they are a better team than us this year as last year you know we could argue you know later position and all that stuff like they beat us in the regular season and um and that was their only chance last year so they were better last year as well especially when they go on and win the premiership but we 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 were right up there with the best last year apart from one unfortunate weekend in september so but this year um and last year this was the thing too i always thought and this is again like i can't dilute this idea down uh, enough to make it completely make sense to indulge my rambles for a minute here but the vibes with our product like when we we can look so calm and collected against a team that we i think that we we go in like with a subconscious idea that we know that we are at least a match or better than this team we'll go in looking confident oozing confidence and almost trying so many things that we still make occasional mistakes and sometimes let teams back into games we've always got the control there and always got kind of this 
this vibe about us that, you know, we, we know we got these guys number, like we should be beating these unless we fuck, fuck around with it ourselves. Um, and I felt like we had a little bit of the game, but that, but then when we're playing a team that's clearly better, sometimes our, the vibe is suddenly switched and it's like, oh, okay, these guys, we need to kind of watch out for what they're doing. And, and we subconsciously stop playing our game as well because we're trying to counteract what they're doing and the vibes get a little bit fucky. And I feel like there's a little bit of both in this one. Like I think at times we kind of got the confidence and the confidence that has built in the last, you know, since the 0-5 because we have actually been playing very, very good, you know, decent footy that if you take the 0-5 out of things, it's 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 footy that gets you into the top half of the table very, very comfortably. Um, and I feel like we were kind of, there was an internal Jekyll and Hyde battle within the team vibes, the team psyche on the field that was like the old the 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 lack of confidence Port Adelaide that whatever that beast was that attributed to the own five start was there in this in the in the dark in the dark part of the psyche and we and we struggled at times against Melbourne because of that. But then at times when we actually really played our game and we, we had moments in this game, whether it be the start, where we get a few quick goals and get ahead, or that that third quarter where we we kind of dominated for a, for a large chunk and had the control of the ball, kind of had a setup behind the ball, like when they were trying to get out of the defensive fifty, we were set up behind the ball well and we were able to get repeat entries. We'll get into the stats briefly in a moment, um, but we had more, more forward fifty entries and we had more of the ball overall during the game. And we had this control, and then we just couldn't quite. Um, their defensive setup uh, in every game we've played them has been pretty good, and just in kind of uh, repelling and making sure we don't damage. And that's just the problem: is we just didn't damage. And you know, SPP could have had, you know, Papa could have had the day Cosy had if um, if he just a few things had just a few bounces had gone right. He wasn't far off having a few. And you know, small margins. You know, earlier in the game, we all, we could have gone. I think there was a kick. I think uh, I have my notes. Let me open them up. Um, I think it was early in the game. We could have gone four goals up or three or four goals up um, or three or four goals without reply, I think. Um, but then they kicked one. It kind of just felt like we were so a couple of times ready to just break the neck. But we couldn't quite. Um, and then in the third quarter, I think I've got in my notes, I've got 11 minutes 40 to go. Um, it's Pal Pepper snap. <laughs> so it's Pal Pepper again. Would have, would have had us 15 uh, points up. And that was kind of in that first half of that third quarter that we were just really kind of had the control of it. Um, and that would have got 15 points up. It would have just put that little bit more of a buffer, you know, gets the double digits and, you know, the, do you want Melbourne have to start thinking, all right, now it's three goals to get back in front. And it's just, it, just, it probably would have drawn them into the dogfight a little bit more rather than, you know, a miss, a near miss, and then they go down and get a goal. Uh, soon after that, bring it back within a goal, and then obviously the picket free that gets them ahead um, with six minutes thirty four to go in the quarter. And suddenly, rather than you know, you know six seven minutes before that, we're looking at possibly being fifteen up and maybe really finding something um, and breaking the back. Suddenly they've gone ahead, and then they get themselves, and then they get a few more quick goals, which is what a good team like that does. And we just don't have, and that's where I sit, I talk about the Jekyll and Hyde, the really weird vibes and the fucky subconscious thing that goes on is like we just just lose that focus for a few minutes there and, and and a good team like Melbourne who just trust in what they do. They they bend but don't break. It's kind of like I, I liken it to um they often talk about Bill Belichick's Patriots teams over the years that they'd bend and not break. They'd often let teams get, you know, drive down the field, drive down the field to the twenty, 
get we get in the red zone. They and 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 build and but when once the once the defense starts tightening and there's less room for you to actually move around, um, suddenly suddenly the opportunities to score touchdowns and stuff weren't there, and they'd either get turnovers um, or just uh, they'd hold them to field goals. And then they go down and score, and then they just they just bend and not break. And I feel like Melbourne did a bit of that to us. They just couldn't. We couldn't quite get through them. Um, and and conversely, at the other end, because they were just that little bit more dangerous, and they had Cozzy playing a special game as well, and kick six in the end. Fucking hell. Um, you know, the, it just it was just that was the kind of day it was. So yeah, um, it was it was frustrating in that sense. We'll have a look at the stats briefly here. Um. As I said, uh, we had we had more of the ball. Uh, it's, it's frustrating because there's so many of those indicators that earlier in the year I was we were really frustrated with you know contested ball and all that stuff. Um, we're winning all that. You know we had four hundred and set we had four hundred and seven disposals, so we had more um, fifty fifty six disposals more than them throughout the game. We had six more inside fifties, um, fifty five for the game versus their forty nine. Disposal efficiency again in this game we were really good. Um, overall, it was just it was a key indicator we'll get down to soon. 43.6% inside 50, probably not much different to uh, only 1% less than um, Melbourne. So it's it, it's funny seeing that because, and I guess it was a close game in the end and, and pro- possibly uh, that little flurry we had at the end kind of padded that a little bit. I think that padded a few of the stats a little bit in the end because we, we probably, uh, you know, the, lo- the scoreline in the end maybe was reflective of how good we were at times, but then because of those... Those little lapses that got that allowed them to get that kick ahead and that that the comfortable break ahead. It's kind of it's a little bit of false economy thing as well. So yeah, it is what it is. Um, the hitouts again. Look, Finlayson and 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 Dixon are playing an incredibly incredibly tough role there in in Matt doing the ruck work. Um, they get beaten pretty handedly there in the hitouts, and it's probably expected. But what we did well was we we won the clearance battle. We were forty to twenty seven cent the center clearances and the stoppage. We we made sure to get a handle on the ball, um, and we we won the uh, contested possessions pretty tight. Just a one 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 different, but we were on top of there. So it was right there. It's the turnover sixty eight to seventy six. Um, <laughs> I defended Riley Bonner in my preview last week, and then he. And then he, um, you know, he had a game that is was not good. Um, probably his worst game in a year. Um, and he's been dropped this week. We'll get to the game later. But um, people are like, oh, Kenny's pet. You know, he's got. Uh, he deserves to come back into the side based on his form um, up until the injury. And um, he's earned, you know, and he's been dropped this week because he had a bad game. And 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 you know, so yeah, I defend him, and I, I'll hold my hand up and say he had a shit game, <laughs> like. I think he's a good player. Like you think he's a better player than some of his detractors um, and the and the kind of um, uh, scapegoat stuff that he gets. Um, you know, he doesn't deserve that. But he, he he had a bad game, so he deserved. He you know he's when when you have a game like that and turn butcher the ball a bit like that, and that that's really where it kind of probably uh, at some crucial times was a um, was a bit of a um, bugger in the in what ended up being part of the you know all results in footy aren't always one thing or another. You know, we could look at, you know, a lot. Lots been made of the the high tackle rule and the the adjustments that the AFL is making, or the clarifications that they do. Um, they do a lot of clarifications. Um, one day that might be clear, huh? Um, anyway, um, but uh, you know, like we could like Cozzy free kick was a real momentum, you know, momentum shifter. Um, 
I guess it was kind of teetering the momentum there, and it was just a, it was a little help helpful push over to the the positive side for Melbourne. Um, so you could look at that. You can look at turnover. Everything um, on the balance of the game, we were going to lose that regardless of things. I think just with the way it was going, but it was close um, at times, and we showed that we can battle with one of the best teams over the past couple of years. But then we showed why we are that distance away from the top still because we have enough laps in game that uh, we don't quite get the job done. Um, and that's what happened here again. We just lapsed enough, as we've done against um, Carlton, against uh, Frio, um, against who the fuck was it last time? I don't know. There's, you know, there's just those games where we've had those big lapses and then we have the big comebacks that kind of prove what we can do. But um, unfortunately, we, we lapse enough that it's we can't quite come back from it. So... Yeah, that's the story of 2022 for the sports side, and this game summed it up as well as any. So um, lots to love, lots to hate, and a little bit of in-between, but um, ultimately it was another loss that leaves our season teetering, really, and um, and it's unfortunate. Um, I will say, uh, Mark's inside 50, we took 12, <laughs> which, um, again, you go back to our game um, Adelaide Oval earlier this year, um, really was a, was a fucking shithouse as far as uh, how... Uh, um, just absolutely, in, absolutely inept in what we were in going forward, but we managed to take um, a decent amount of marks inside fifty. Pretty much matched them. It was thirteen to twelve, um, and we and um, we scored where you know the scoring was, um, you know, pretty even. They you know overall scoring shots they end up with three more, I think, um, uh, or four more. Sorry. Um, so you know, scoring shots. You know, it's it's all about the goals really in the end. But um, you know, we we. We closed the gap compared to that um, horrible game earlier in the year, but um, still, at times it felt you, you could see why the gaps there. And uh, but yeah, even the time in front stat, they had sixty-two minutes in front, we had forty-seven minutes in front. You go fuck. It's 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 one of those games that re- really had some swings. Um, and AFL footy's been a bit like that this year, a little bit with a lot of games. You see teams just they, they go in runs, which is kind of um, very basketball-esque in a little in a way. Um, but, uh, yeah, the pressure probably um, was the other thing too. Um, just didn't lay as many tackles. Um, and that's kind of another probably in a game that uh, was fairly tight margins is just part of what it was, part of uh, what, 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 uh, what decided it. So, yeah, an unfortunate result and frustrating in many ways because um, I think I saw Anthony Alessiani, he, he tweeted, um, you know, it was there, it was there. The game was there to be won at one point, and we just didn't quite take it. So um, that's fucking footy, eh? <laughs> what more can I say? All right, I'll take a quick break here and um, and uh, have a quick uh, chat about the Geelong game coming up, and see if we can finally knock off a knock off a, a team that's leading um, at the moment. Can be called the form side of the entire competition. All right, we've got Geelong coming up this weekend. As I said, the form side of the competition at the moment, leading the table. We had a couple of big wins the last few weeks. Um, they knocked off Carlton this this last week, this weekend just gone um, in pretty, you know, kind of comfortable fashion. And Carlton have, you know, been one of those sides that's up and coming this year. Um, lots of love at, week, at, at some weeks with them, but they're still probably one of those sides up and coming and just isn't quite, um, hasn't got the consistency to run with a team like Geelong, particularly in the form they are. Because Geelong haven't been, they've had some, you know, losses this year. They've, you know, raised the question marks. But overall, as a side, you know, they're just, they tick along every year like a fucking, 
And I like the T one thousand in Terminator two, like when you just when you just think he's done and you see that fucking molten arm just start forming again and form the axe that gets in the back of the cop car and it's like fucking just fuck off you cunts. But they keep fucking winning and um you know, <laughs> you know and finding a way to be a form side in the comp. So it'll be interesting to see how they go in September once again because that's where it um the test really comes for them. But uh yeah, um they're they're the form side at the moment and they present a great test for our side this this weekend. Particularly um we look back to when we played them. We were coming off, you know, we'd we'd just gone oh we'd gone on five and I think what were we four and oh at that point? Um going into the break and we might have, we might have had five on the bounce. We were looking to looking to get ahead of the ledger maybe at that point. Right before the bye and uh we went down to Canadian Park and actually played them pretty well for the first half. Um, had some chances again, kind of similar to the Melbourne game in a way. We had some chances in that first half to try to get get the get a little bit of a run on them. But like like Melbourne, um, Geelong just have that a uh, little bit more experience in the in the sense of just their trust in their system, their set up behind the ball and how they can kind of bend but not break again, um, and kind of absorb some of the pressure and and then and then hit back and they they hit back with some ferocity in that third quarter um, and built up a five goal lead by the end of the third quarter when uh, when we were you know a couple of points up at halftime I'm pretty sure um, and just kind of uh, and you know just use that experience and you know they've got a pretty that forward line is devastating and being able to bring someone on like Jeremy Cameron in a couple of years ago to to match up with Tom Hawkins and Tom Hawkins is proving that um, you know forwards can. You know, keep them fit, and and they and they've got the um, drive to keep going, which is you know, you look at someone like Charlie Dixon, who people are saying it's Twilight, he could have a year, you know, could have a couple of years left in him if he, if he's got that similar drive to keep going, and he can keep the body right. Um, you know, the the big forwards can keep going for a, uh, a little while and, and be pretty damn effective, particularly when they have another foil to kind of take some of the pressure off, which you know, hopefully we're building the Todd Marshall and. Um, a few years away with Mitch Georgiades, truly, but um, yeah, yeah, they're they're an impressive side. Um, and so, but when we look at what we did in that uh, early game earlier in the year, there was you could see, and this is a team that strangely we've you know we've had a couple of qualifying finals against them, beat them in both. That first one back in twenty twenty was one hell of a one hell of a battle and, and they had their chances to win and we just kind of, we kind of absorbed their pressure and, and, and found a way to win that one. And then last year we actually absolutely fucking kicked the shit out of them. And it was really quite an um, impressive game, one of my favourite kind of port-dominating games that we've had in recent years, considering the occasion. Um, so Adelaide Oval provides a different beast for Geelong to come down and play. They did get the wood over us in the regular season last year, but like I said, the qualifier final was a completely different beast. So I'm really intrigued by this matchup and how it's going to go. Um, if we look at the uh, the Geelong team, they uh, they've got Jed Buse coming in. Uh, many goalers out, um, so you know that's a decent out for them. But um, obviously. They're a team with some pretty damn good players getting around. So um, they've got Blickarves, and it'll be an interesting one um, in the ruck battle. We kind of had an – it was a really intriguing ruck battle back down at Cadinia Park a few months ago. Uh, we had a Sam Powell Pepper kind of provided a little bit of a, 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 a interesting one for Geelong in that game where he took some of the ruck. But they, they kind of worked it out in the second half, and, and we were still kind of working out there. And we didn't have Dixon back at that point, so that's one thing. The Dixon and Finlayson pairing is kind of just where we're going at the moment, and uh, 
and uh, and so that'll that'll provide an interesting battle for Blackarves and Reece Stanley to kind of um, deal with. Um, so you know, I, I expect a similar kind of. We, we've kind of figured out the midfield um, thing a little bit more since then, as far as how we can get our hands on the ball, despite you know not having the complete domination or our ability to get a leg up in the ruck as we would like. But um, Finlayson with. Finlayson, what he can do kind of as a ground-level ball user and, and and certainly Dixon as well, they just provide a little bit of a different <laughs> a different battle. And certainly Dixon not having played in that game. Um, I'm pretty sure he didn't, did he? Or am I remembering incorrectly? I don't think he was quite back at that point. Um, or he might have been, but he, he, he wasn't quite... At the level, um, I'm now I'm now like doubting myself as to if he played. I'm trying to think. Was that did he come back right before the break? He might have. I might be actually um, misremembering here, but um, whatever. I'm I'm just going to start googling as I keep talking. But um, I think what we've found since then, anyway, if he did, if he was back in that game, um, he wasn't. Uh, he, we certainly weren't going with this ruck dynamic at that point um, for sure. It was. A completely different kind of setup at that point. I think it was Sam Hayes still playing at that point. Um, like lineups. All right, I've got it going. I've got it. I've got it open here. Um, no, Dixon was not back at that point. So we were still rolling with. Um, we still we had Sam. We had Sam Hayes. So Sam Hayes was still playing at that point. So we hadn't got to the point of dropping him yet. So it was Sam Hayes, and then we had Pal Pepper and Finlayson kind of doing some things in the ruck as well. So yeah, it's a completely different setup in that sense for. Uh, for Port Adelaide, um, and and just the things that we you know Connor Rosie's form has come on so much better, and there's just a lot of things to like about where we're going. But um, back to what Geelong are doing beforehand. Otherwise, this look this Geelong team is humming right now. We we there's no other way to put it. You know Tyson Stengel's proved to proven to be the pickup that everyone probably thought he would be. He, he was he was too good to um, not be an AFL player. We all know the off off field things that have happened with him, but. Um, you know that that bloke is is an AFL star, and he's he's been a great. They've just done what they do is just pick up these players. You know the likes of Isaac Smith and Gary Rowan, and and you know Jeremy Cameron was a big pickup. But you know Isaac Smith and Gary Rowan are kind of those ones that they picked up off. You know not not the scrap heap because Isaac Smith clearly had more to give, but it was just like you know teams that are in that different phase of rebuilding or whatever, and they're moving players around in contracts and stuff like that. And they just they've done so well at picking up these guys. They're, they're I think there's someone. There was a tweet out this week that had the average age of teams um, at the moment compared to where they were a few years ago. And I think, you know, some teams like Adelaide have gone down from twenty six and a half to twenty four, and they, you know, big differences to their list age dynamic. And I think Geelong's has gone from like twenty six something to twenty seven something like they're just old, but they're experienced, and that's what um, you know. Whenever the crash comes to re- a proper rebuild, it'll be a tough one. But you know, they've got some good young stars coming up. Like you know, De Koning's been a real big one. This. Um, this year, and obviously the like their, their back line is um yeah pretty bloody good. Um, they're missing um probably the only major one missing I think at the moment is Tom Stewart. Beyond that, but the, um you know this is a team that's um like I said in great form. They're going to be a battle. Like I said, the way they set up behind the ball and how they just they they I mean, they move the footy. They've kind of got a little bit you know ob- we we call them old a little bit, but they do have a bit of pace. I know. Likes of Isaac Smith and Co can really move that ball through midfield as well, um, and just the experience they've got—they're um, they, a tough, tough matchup. Um, you know, when you've got the guys like Brandon Parfit and, and Dow House and Co in the emergencies, you know you've got a side that's um, that's that the list is um, even if it's experienced and and old, as some would say, um, 
you know that counts for a, it counts for a lot when you've got a t- team that hums that well, coached that well, and um and can just and is doing what it's doing at the moment. So a massive test for us, a massive massive test for us. So um take a quick break and have a look at how our how our sides lining up because I think I've got a sneeze coming up and I don't want to do that on on the on the pod. So I'll take a quick break here and um, be back within a moment. All right, so a couple of a couple of changes coming for our Port Adelaide side um, this weekend. Um, as I mentioned earlier, when I was talking about the Melbourne game, uh, we have uh, Riley Bonner as admitted, as well as uh, Jackson, uh, Jackson Mead, which I guess uh, you know Mead and a few there was a few a few players that really didn't cover themselves in too much glory last weekend. And unfortunately, when you're at that that profile that Mead's at, um, he is the kind of player that can be moved in and out of the side a little bit as we build the experience and body and momentum um, kind of career like the the player um he's not going to be um a lock in at this age and that's completely understandable um jace burr going back in is a great result for what he's his first two games were pretty good and um he he was unlucky to get dropped last week and with what he does his tenacious pressure and a little bit more pressure probably um off the ball and um you know on ball carries out of out of um or in their def- in the opposition's um, fifty, um, he'll he'll be really important in a game like this as well. I think um, a little, little bit of an X factor. Uh, Jed McEntee, um, our, our mid-season draftee from last year, um, is in as well for I think his fifth game, maybe. Um, so uh, that one probably surprised me a little bit, but um, yeah, he's had some bit decent form in the S- SNFL. No, not that we've had decent form in the SNFL as a whole, but um, uh, yeah, he's he's he's. Uh, He's, he's an experience. He's got a fair bit of footy experience to him, so it'll be good to see what he can kind of bring to the side. Um, like I said, it was it surprised me a little bit that one, but um, you know, I would have, I would like you know, Dersma's in the emergencies, as is uh, Ryan, uh, Riley Bonner and Jackson Mead, as well as Trent McKenzie. It's still it's still a little weird to me that Dersma's just can't crack into a side that we've got. We're bringing like likes Jed McIntyre into. Um, I know we've got Amon and Farrell, and, and kind of Farrell's kind of jumped ahead of Dersma in that kind of wing role a little bit and um which is look I understand Kane Farrell's a, a really great player and he's, he's you know obviously um I have I've run out of um plaudits for that that absolute um beautiful peg of his but um yeah it's yeah I I just it's it's funny to me a little bit though I I love it's it's probably just that we all love Xavier Desmond and hope that he can find a way back into the side as a regular player but um Jed McIntyre um you know he's probably he's he's earned a a chance as well um so I'm glad to see the likes of Bergman um sticking in there since he's come back as well and um and yeah so a pretty strong side, um, obviously um when you when you can drop the likes have the likes of Desmond on the bench um or out of the side, um, and, and like, you know, guys have been playing some decent footy in like Jackson Mead, and, uh, and I think uh, Fanta Arazio is even back into contention with the SNFL side. I know some people were wondering if he'd come back in um, this week, but I think it's probably wise to make sure he can get through um, a decent SNFL game or two, and really, with the way the season's kind of going, you really don't want to push in too much. We really probably just need to get Arazio's body right for next year. Um, if possible, um, so yeah, pretty happy with how the sides looking going into this one. It would have been, I think, the temptation might have been there to bring bring Teagle back in, which I, I completely understand the tempta- temptation. I'm already in love with that bloke, but um, uh, continuing probably with this one with the you know Finlayson starting in the ruck and then Dixon taking a fair bit of the load as well is probably the right decision to going into this one. Those guys, like I said, they're not we're not you know going to dominate the ruck or anything like that, but they're doing a serviceable job and getting 
and the clearance game and all that stuff has been working pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that kind of setup. Um, otherwise, um, it's a side that, um, you know, the defense is probably a little bit battered and bruised after last week, um, especially the likes of, you know, um, Cozzy Pickett having a field day against us last week. They're going to be I, – I, I, I'm looking forward to the response from the defense. It's, you know, when you kind of lower your colors a little bit, you want to – and these guys are pretty proud and they've had a pretty good record over the past couple of years. Uh, particularly last year, you know, O'Lear is an All-Australian and Jonas and Cleary are pretty tough – tough battlers and, and uh, take pride and win those battles and, and obviously the likes of Burton and Co um, with their rebound game as well. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a chance for them against one of the best attacks in the comp um, to try and um, stake their claim and, and you, know, sh- you, know, you know, get some pride back as well. I love those blokes, you know, it's not like we're saying that they're bad, <laughs> you know, they're, they're just, that's what you want. You want it, you need, um, the best thing you can do out of a bad result like last weekend is take that as a little bit of incentive to um, get a little bit of um, you know pride back in the game and 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 win 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 some battles. So that's probably what I'm looking for out of those blokes. Um, looking for it'd be nice. You know, we didn't have Dixon um, in the game last time around against after I fucked around and found, made sure my mind wasn't playing tricks on me. He didn't play last time around, um, so we're looking for Dixon to kind of mix it up in that defense a little bit uh, and in that battle back there. Um, you know, Todd Marshall, uh, again, like having a great year. It'll be interesting to see what we can do against a pretty uh, defense, um, you know. But w- what it re- really will be is getting that run through and kind of breaking that line. Like I said, last last game round, they, they just absorbed, it, absorbed our pressure a little bit. Uh, and once we once they started getting their hands on the ball, we found it quite tough to break through that kind of um, block they'd put through the midfield. And um, it, it'll take a bit, uh, some good ball use. And, and the likes of Rosie getting, being in better form. Uh, we want to see Butters really start getting some more handle on the ball and have inf- a bit more influence in the games. Um, you know, those kind of guys um, having a real game. And, you know, Kane Farrell haven't since he's he's got a real amount of games under his belt since he's come back from that ACL as well. So a lot of guys... That hopefully, even though we we're finding that form, obviously we we're getting a few wins in our belt before we went down to Cadenia Park. There's a little bit more um, substance to that form now, and especially with the likes of Connor Rosie getting shooting up the coaches' votes ladder and stuff like that. So hopefully we've learned a bit about like trying to work out and, and being out now that we've seen a bit more of what our, you know these guys are really doing this year, and the likes of Rosie and. And obviously the the old stages like both and wines a little bit more of a better plan to break down that block from um, Geelong and and find a way through and then and then give our forwards good use of the ball, um, get them in prime goal scoring competition uh, competitions <laughs> conditions and um, uh, positions and um, I'm losing my mind here late at night um, and uh, just and just really get good opportunities and uh, and try to capitalise a little bit more than we uh, than we did last time round and obviously um, utilise. The home field advantage as well, so um, that is still a thing in the AFL, very, very much so. Uh, obviously, good sides can work, work their way around it, but we want to want to take advantage of the fact we're playing at home now. They're on our deck, and um, and uh, make them work for it. So it's a great test, you know. This weekend will really prove. Um, obviously, the season is teetering, and I'm just the realist in me is like we're not making the eight, but we run the table from now on. Um, you know, you leave you leave it up to chance, you know. You're giving yourself every chance still of at least sneaking in, and what we can do from there, I really don't know. But um, I'll always remain hopeful until until that hope is snuffed out, and I'm I'm hopeful. Um, it's more as as much as 
the chances of making the eight as slim as they are, it's a little bit of a sign as to what this side can be for next year as well. And when we're playing a side like Geelong are at this point of the season, we're getting to that pointy end of the season. It's a good test, even if we were going into finals, but it's a great test of where the side was at, looking at where we're going um, for next season because we're not going into rebuild mode. We're going to try and, you know, find a way to find make the side be the side it was last year and the year before a bit more again next year. Um, so this is a good chance to see what that side can be um, against a pretty damn good opposition that we've got against Geelong. And, you know, with the top of the table being as, as tight as it is, it's, it's very important for Geelong to keep getting the win. So it's certainly going to be a battle. They're not going to... They're going to be coming over here looking for a win. And um, so it's a, certainly a, a great, great chance to test ourselves. Um, you know, obviously, see if we can keep winning games and find a way into the eight. And then from then, you know, who knows what can happen. You know, it's, it's, it's not likely, but... Um, Western Bulldogs proved a few years ago that if you can just get a run of form, um, I'm not getting too far ahead of myself. Don't worry. I'm just trying to say that, you know, until the hope's snuffed out, it's it's still hope. So, yeah, but just a great test. So, um, I'm going to say, I think, I'm not sure. Ah, oh, look, I, I will never predict a port loss unless it's just, a, it's com- seems completely obvious that it'll happen. So, let's just say port by 11, um, a close one. Get the job done and um, have a nice night out at uh, at Adelaide Oval. Fuck it, it's a Port Adelaide podcast. I'm biased. Like, of course, I'm going to hope for a win every time. So, while I'm I'm pretty worried about what this Geelong side might might be able to do to us if they play their absolute best footy, um, hopefully we can play some pretty good footy and make it tough on them and uh, maybe can sneak sneak over the line at the end and and find a way to win. So, eleven points. Let's fucking go. Um, as you know, I was just say ten points in honor of uh, Travis Boak and. The amazing man he is a ten point win uh, for Travis Spoke um, against his against the team um, from just up the road from his his family's place down in Torquay. So fuck yeah, can't the pair. I'm just about done here tonight. I'm fucking knackered. Um, <laughs> I'm understaffed at work. Half the half the works with COVID, and we're just understaffed. And I'm just work, working to the you know right you know nose to the grindstone stuff. So um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Can the pair. Let's fucking get the job done. Like I said, AFLW tra- open training uh, 9.45 Saturday morning for those that want to make a day of it. And then um, obviously the Port game at Port AFL men's side playing at um, Adelaide Oval at 4.05. Albert and Standard. So, yeah, can the pair. Let's have a good weekend.